Welcome to the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show. In this episode, Gerald Bolden, passionate advocate for empowering inner city youth through the incredible game of baseball. He's making a significant impact in the Pacific Northwest as the driving force behind Friends of Baseball, an organization dedicated to breaking down barriers and providing opportunities for young athletes from all walks of life. Gerald's mission is to ensure that baseball, with all its lessons and joys, is accessible to everyone, regardless of their background or circumstances. We dive into the challenges he's faced, the impactful moments that have shaped his love for the game, and the innovative programs and initiatives that Friends of Baseball is spearheading to transform lives through baseball. From the diamond to the community, from playing professionally to coaching, join us on his journey through the world of baseball and how it can be a force for good in the lives of young people. Thorn City Podcast Guy, let's go. Yes, sir. Back at it again. Another episode of the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show, where we network and build connections through interviews and discussions. This episode is brought to you by GMP Podcast Group. I'm your host, Thorn City Podcast Guy. Make sure you visit www.thorncitysyndicate.com. Hit that like, share, and subscribe button. Get your updates, new releases, bonus episodes. Today, I got a special guest in the spotlight. We got Gerald Bolton, Friends of Baseball. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. So today, we're going to get into a little bit about your early baseball journey, and we'll touch on your playing, coaching career, and, and of course, your great work you're doing with Friends of Baseball. Perfect. How long you been? How long you been uh, involved with Friends of Baseball? Uh, this will be my fifth year. I started off receiving. I actually went to a grocery store and saw that they were giving away plastic bats at the grocery store. Wow. And so I was like, what is this? And so they said, we're trying to inspire and enhance their lives through the lessons that baseball has. And so I was like, oh. And so I applied, and here we are. Nice. Can you take us back to some of your earliest memories in baseball? And your father was involved with softball? Correct. How that influenced you in the sport? He intensely and in a and just just in a big way because growing up if you don't have a family member in your family that plays baseball softball if you're not going to play the fact that my dad played softball and i was every saturday that's what we did on the military base mm. and i was five years old and i said i think i could play with y'all mm. and obviously i wasn't able to and then i got to be able to play on the t-ball team on that Air Force base. And I would hit like my dad, but I would hold my hands opposite way. way. <laughs> and the T-ball coach just said, why don't you just flip over to the left-hand side? Uh-huh. And then I fell in love. Also, I went back for a baseball, closed my eyes, grabbed the baseball out of the air, and looked at it, and I caught it. <laughs> and so I thought it was divine intervention. Oh, I almost <laughs> shocked yourself. <laughs> That's all I needed. It didn't even have to be that arduous of a task to say, hey, you should play this game. It was just already the love of it just mm. manifested in that blind catch. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy because I had an older cousin who played baseball for Riverside um, growing up, and now he he moved to Georgia, and his son's playing baseball, I was telling you, and uh, he's pretty good. He's a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. And you don't see many young 
kids switch hitting these days. So I was pretty, pretty surprised. Yeah. Baseball to me at this point is like a fourth or fifth wheel to basketball, football, volleyball, soccer. Mm. And our mission, Friends of Baseball, is to bring that game back as the so-called national pastime, Mm -hmm. where it was inclusive with everybody that played. I remember growing up in North and Northeast Portland at Peninsula Sportsmen, Mm. Riverside, Wilshire, Interstate. Everywhere. Everywhere had a little league and and it had a lot of black folks who participated in little league back, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I just wanted to make sure bring it back. How many, you know, how many of those programs still around? North Portland is the only, North Portland Little League is the only Little League in that whole area. It goes mm-hmm. from Pier Park all the way up towards like Boise Elliott. Mm-hmm. So it's a big, it's a big boundary and Little League is predicated on boundaries. Obviously with gentrification mm-hmm. has disbanded our participation in the game of baseball due to those boundaries. Mm. The boundary is so big, they can't facilitate all baseball or softball for all of the kids in the boundary. Nice. Yeah, I remember I played baseball one year for Peninsula for the Intel team. Coach Miles was my team, or was my coach, Aaron Miles' dad. I played one year. I wasn't good at hitting, but I was a good bunter. So I was a leadoff. I could bump my way on. That's all you need to do. There's seven ways to get on base. You can't steal first base, but there's other ways you can get on first base. Yeah. So what were some of the challenges you faced as a young baseball player? How'd you overcome them? One of the biggest challenges is that I grew up in a broke, I came from a broken home. So my mom and dad divorced when I was 10 and baseball was there for me. My dad was no longer in the home. My mom raised three of us by herself. She was a waitress. That was hard. What I would do was to relieve any of the the tension at home, I would just go out and play with all my friends and we would play baseball. We would play whatever the season was, but my love was baseball. And so that was a challenge in the fact that mentally I was still a kid, right? And then I looked at my mom and dad as God, but then they broke up which, which kind of hurt me. I found surrogate fathers in doing Little League and Junior Little League with community members that, that helped me pursue my goal of becoming a baseball player as well as staying in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coaches. That's the good thing about sports is you get involved in coaching and so on. I think all sports help you in life in general. For sure. Also, yeah. I grew up in the middle of gangland in the 80s and a lot of uh, my peers went down that road. Mm. And when they did do that, they left me alone. They said, hey, you you might make. But that was so- something growing up in that environment mm-hmm. was so negative. But to be able not to be involved in it because of baseball mm-hmm. was one of my saving graces in that environment. Yeah, I grew up, my neighborhood grew up with a bunch of kids who end up being in a gang. When I got to, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade, my parents made me stop hanging out with those guys. They was going left, and they wanted me to go right. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to high school, I didn't have any more friend, any of my guy friends at least. I didn't have some female friends, but it was high school. I had to start over, so it was pretty tough and challenging. Yeah, it was a trip. Um, 
But baseball is one of those things you can't play by yourself. Right. You got to have somebody to play with you. So it's tough to get into it if you don't have other friends, like you said, friends or family that's already into it. Uh, can you speak on some of the financial barriers and limited resources there's out there for the inner city kids? Yeah, it costs to be on the travel team it, just in one summer. It requires about three thousand mm. dollars. And that's not including the baseball bat, which is about five hundred dollars. And a glove is about four hundred dollars. A good mm. also cleats. All, and then the ability to travel to different locations. So all those are barriers that plague our community in terms of access, having the resources to even play. If you look at it, they in baseball has hats, uniforms, umpires, coaches, uh, park permits, ski permits. And if you look in the inner city of Portland, our fields aren't as good as the Burbian fields. Yeah. It's a little yeah. rough around here. Yeah, it's a little rough. It's been like that since I've I played on these fields. It's like, still the same. Still the same. <laughs> <laughs> so that isn't inviting as well. So the barriers are just resources. And so at Friends of Baseball, we try to eliminate that by receiving donations. Uh, some of our donors actually give resources so kids can be scholarshiped on these teams. Mm -hmm. Currently, we're trying to, we actually did a 10U team called the Monarchs, mm -hmm. and they were all black, 10U team. A lot of them were eight and nine. We had a donor from the Corvallis Baseball Club, and they were able to afford a club team experience without families paying for it. Oh, nice. But yeah, that community support is important. Very. Yeah. Nice. We're going to take a break here. We're going to get a message from one of our sponsors, GMP Podcast Group. GMP Podcast Group in this lovely studio we are in. But when we come back, we'll discuss a little bit about your playing career professionally and in coaching. Discover GMP Podcast Group Studios, located at 2406 East Burnside Street in Portland, Oregon offering a range of podcasting packages to suit your needs, starting at just $49 per hour for your basic setup, featuring a Rodecaster Pro audio console and SM7B microphones, as well as options complete with camera operator and audio engineer expertise. Elevate your podcasting with multi-camera recording, plus we capture behind-the-scenes shots within the studio. Visit us at www.gmppodcastgroup.com and let GMP Podcast Studios be where your podcasting journey begins. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show. I'm your host, Thorn City Podcast Guy. Got my guy Gerald in the building with Friends of Baseball. And that was a little tune. Little tunes from the unreleased project of Third Twin Artist I Managed. My best friend got me into this, led to this spotlight show. I was helping him out, get his life back together. And growing up, he was a uh, rap artist and he stopped, he stopped doing music. And so I wanted some music from him. And so I decided to pay for my own album. And so that's what we did. Helped him turn his life around. Go check out episode one. It'll it'll give you the the backstory of of how it all started with me and him. He was my first guest, but yeah, that's why I started the Spotlight Show. It's basically an advertising marketing platform to give people 
a chance to get their message out for businesses, brands, entrepreneurs, and organizations like yourself with the Friends of Baseball. Like you was telling me earlier, you don't think a lot of people know about you. So that's why we created this platform to bring people on like you and get the message out there and try and get some spotlight on it. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. So tell me some of the highlights and challenges you encountered during your professional career in the Frontier League. And what is, where is the Frontier League? Frontier League is on the East Coast from West Virginia to Kalamazoo, Michigan everywhere in between there and, and independent ball is also professional ball but it's not affiliated with any major league team mm. and a lot of the guys who are affiliated with the major league clubs would go to these independent leagues and they're no longer or well, there's some out there but not as rampant as they used to be mm. and they would go down on to rehab injuries gotcha and then back on so it was just like a filler it was short three months Wow, that's a lot of games. Yeah. That's a short period of time. Yeah, baseball don't play. That's baseball for you. <laughs> <laughs> they played back-to-backs and doubleheaders sometimes. That's, you can't do that in other sports. I think I was wearing cleats more than I was wearing regular cleats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what led to your transition from playing to coaching? And how did your experiences as a player? Semi-pro ball here in Portland called the Taylor Electric. It was a company team, right? The manager ended up getting a pro job in Johnstown. He invited me to come. He said, there's no guarantees. You're going to have to go to spring training and earn it. And so I said, thank you for the opportunity. I ended up doing the thing on spring training to whereas I was indispensable. Had a great year in Johnstown in 1996. The Frontier League in Johnstown Steel, I hit 344. Ended up being an all-star. Nice. But that journey of never knowing when your opportunity is going to come, and then when it does come, to take it and run with it, is how it shaped my coaching into what I'm doing today. Because I think there is opportunities not just to play the game of baseball, because not everybody's going to make it to the league, but what the lessons that baseball give as you're playing and learning how to be your best version because it's a craft mm-hmm. that you have to work on, yeah. it then translates into your real life. Mm-hmm. I don't know other sport is around to whereas you're failing seven out of ten times. Yeah, and that's good. That's, that's the truth about all baseball. Of, yeah, that's yeah. the only one you succeed when you're failing to a certain extent. And how do you deal with your failure mm-hmm. to be successful? Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. When you can be okay with failing, and uh, uh, failing, failing is a harsh word. It is right? a harsh word. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing as well as you, baseball is allotted it is a thing because Hall of Famers who hit 300. Mm-hmm. It, that's really good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, baseball stuff is virtually impossible. You can't hit 100%, hit that ball that's coming that fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, if you're batting 300, you're at the top of the food chain. And so, yeah, that's one thing about baseball. I don't have any kids, but if I had kids, I would definitely push them towards baseball. Mm. Less wear and tear on the body. Right. And, and they're making a lot of money. Yep. Longevity, <laughs> guaranteed contract. Mm-hmm. And that's if you make it. But if you don't make it like myself, these lessons just permeate throughout mm. my life in terms of relationships, mm. going applying for a job and not getting it. How do I talk to myself the mm. next day? Bounce back. It helps you bounce, bounce yeah. back. Yeah, nice. So it sounds like coaching took you all over the world. 
And you coached in London, England, and South Africa? Uh, South Af- Africa? Yes. Um, what are those experiences like? Before we get to that experience, I'll expose how that happened. Yes, please do. Okay. After my playing, I played two years of minor league baseball. After those days were over, I reached out, and this was before the internet. Mm-hmm. I reached out to every major league club, and I stamped, put it in an envelope, and said, I would like to tr- be invited to try out for your team. And so I sent all 30 of those out. I received four back, Marlins, Cubs, Dodgers, and another one. I can't remember right now. <laughs> anyway, I planned on driving there. This was in Vero Beach. I was, I was going to go to Florida Marlin camp and the Dodger camp. That was it. That's mm-hmm. all I had time for during spring training. It was about end of February. So I would I planned on driving there because I didn't want to go there without a car. Mm-hmm. And I had fifteen hundred dollars in my pocket, and I was driving a Honda Civic four cylinder. <laughs> so, in order to go across the country in February, you have to go down south because mm-hmm. you're going to hit all these. Could be black ice or mm-hmm. snow. Who knows? In, yeah. in the higher elevations, right? As I'm going over Mount Shasta, I lose fifth gear in this mm-hmm. manual Honda Civic as what I had, and ran it, burnt out in Bakersfield. California. Stopped at one transmission place. They said it would take a, it would cost about $1,200. We wouldn't be able to do it uh-huh. in three days. And so I needed to be in Bureau Beach, Florida in three days. Uh-huh. I was planning on driving 12 hour shifts a day to make it. And so I went to another mechanic. They said, oh, it's going to cost you about 1400 and we're a week uh-huh. out. I said, no, thank you. So I went to this last one. The secretary said, it's going to cost you $1,500 and we work my month out. But I do know this guy who's working at this, who owns this uh, baseball academy. I'm going to call him for you because there's three other players that are going to spring training. She calls him, puts me on the phone with this guy. His name is Bobby Matia. I'll never forget this guy. He, he says, oh, you sound like a cool dude. Meet me at the this restaurant, Applebee's or something. Yeah. We meet, we talk. He says, guess what? This is what I'm going to do for you. Um, why don't you just leave your car with me at my apartment, take the $1,500, buy an airplane ticket, do your thing. If you make it, I'll see you in nine months. If you don't make it, you're, I'm still going to take care of your car mm. and watch over your car. But if you don't make it, come back and I'll give you a job. Oh, wow. And I said, at his baseball academy. Oh, yeah. I said, okay, cool. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> I went and did it. Came back. I said, give me two weeks. I'm going to go fix my car. I'll come back. Came back, worked at the baseball academy. Mm-hmm. Eight kids a day, one hour a kid. And this Filipino dude comes in and says, hey, I really like how you're working with kids. Would you like to go to South Africa and be a envoy, a major league baseball envoy coach. Mm. And at that time it was 2000 and baseball was an Olympic sport. Mm. And I said, whatever, and cool, I'd love to uh, come back in two weeks. He comes back in two weeks with this package saying, you're out of here in two weeks to go to South Africa. Before mm. you go to South Africa, he set up this job with this uh, softball company called Meteors. And mm. so I worked there for two and a half months and then from there, I went to South Africa for two and a half. 
Nice. And I would be in a different province every week, two and a half months in South Africa. I didn't stay in a hotel because I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I lived with the people, and the people didn't have running water. Oh, wow. It was an eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. and made me feel grateful we have what we have here, but at the same time, they had less and did more. Yeah. Going out of, I haven't been out of the country, but I'm sure it changes your vision of what's going on in America. You really see how blessed we are over here. For sure. You know. And there's some downfalls too, but yeah. take the good with the bad. And yeah. Seemed like they were more happier. With less, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You appreciate life more. They're just happy to be living. And that's what baseball afforded me, not just the game, to play the game, mm-hmm. but to be around the culture of baseball garnered these opportunities that I wouldn't have never saw from us. Uh, nice. So always be ready when opportunity is knocking and mm-hmm. you're not ready, then you don't get those experiences. Yeah, that's that's it, man. Wow, that's crazy. We're going to take one more break here, get a uh, message from Thorn City Syndicate, the management team. When we come back, we'll get into the Friends of Baseball's mission and vision and how it all came into existence. Introducing Thorn City Syndicate Management, your solution for brand management, social media promotions, digital content distribution, and podcast production. From shaping engaging content that resonates with your audience to amplifying your brand's reach through podcasting, we're your partners in driving success. We offer free strategy sessions and leverage our recording studio and personalized strategies to establish an online presence. Your brand's journey to the top starts with Thorn City Syndicate Management, where innovation meets results. Contact us now at www.thorncitysyndicate.com to embark on the future path of transforming your brand's future. This syndicate lyricist exists. Don't blink one eye, baby. You just might miss history in the making from the making of this. Third, I guess it's welcome back to these words. So I'ma come well like welcome back words for sure. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show. Friends of baseball. I I love the sound of it. Um Tell me a little about a little bit about the mission and vision of the Friends of Baseball, and how did it come into existence? That's a great question. Um, we we wanted to to give kids the uh, ability to have baseball enhance their lives through the baseball lessons that and softball lessons because what we do with the boys, we want to do with the girls as well, and kind of the boys are a little up, up here a little bit and the girls are just getting off the ground. Hmm. But Friends of Baseball and every child who wants to play this game have the ability to, without any barriers such as resources or money or anything of that nature. I know that here in Portland, we don't have a major league baseball team per se. Hmm. We do have a, a minor league team, but that makes it a little harder to not sell sell the game to the youth because basketball and football kind of dominate mm-hmm. this area. Um, but there's other kids in, that don't play basketball or football that we would like to reach and encourage and inspire them to play the game so they can actually get the experiences that I had. Nice. Is that the Pickles? The Pickles are a college team. Is that college? I didn't know that. Yeah, and this uh, they have to have college eligibility. The Hillsboro Hops. Oh, the Hillsboro Hops. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Play out in Hillsboro. Gotcha. Nice. You share? Can you share any specific stories or examples of young athletes 
lives that was transformed through the Friends of Baseball program? Yeah, there's one child named Dakari. Dakari came, Dakari Evans is his name, and his dad, Aaron Evans, is hugely into baseball. And currently, when currently, Dakari plays for a club team in North Portland, doing well. But when we first, when he first met him, he was seven years old. It was just brand new into the game of baseball and loved it. Mm. And that's the piece, too, is that we just want to be the spark and hopefully the child can hold charge of the passion. So we're just giving the hitting, throwing, pitching, catching, fielding spark. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to that child, like myself, when I blindly caught the ball, (laughs) it empowered a passion within me. Mm. And I see that with Dakari. Mm -hmm. He's 12. He's about to age out of Little League. And once they are 12, they age out of Little League, they uh, go to the big bases at 13, mm-hmm. which is 90-foot bases. So <laughs> we've worked together one-on-one, and I've seen him exponentially grow, uh, not only his love for the game, which mm-hmm. is important in terms of him working on his craft mm-hmm. to get to the talent level he's at today. Nice, nice. The full court. Full Count Nike RBI program. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, RBI stands for Reviving Baseball Within the Inner City. For the last 25 years, Major League has had this program, but to me it's only been a slogan with no actionable steps. And Friends of Baseball here with the Full Count program is putting in action with slogan. You can put something out there and have it be a, a saying, but actionable steps are required for it to be so that Jackie Robinson's name isn't in vain because he did integrate society, but baseball still hasn't been especially with African-Americans, players of color born in America. And that's lacking. Talking about that back in the 70s, um, 60s, 70s, and even the 80s, the percentage of black American-born ballplayers were about 18%. And now we're less than 6% in the major leagues. Yeah, a lot of the major leagues, the blacks are from overseas, it seems like. They're good, too, though. Yeah, they are good. Yeah, And rightfully, if you're good enough to play, cool. But the RBI programs are heavily in those countries uh-huh. when they could be heavily in the inner cities. Our program puts Major League Baseball, holds Major League Baseball accountable to what RBI really uh-huh. means. Gotcha. Any upcoming events or initiatives that Friends of Baseball have coming up? Yes, on November 18th, but we're working with Adley Rutschman, who is the starting catcher for the Orioles. He grew up in Sherwood, okay, and he wants to be known more—not just a baseball player, but somebody who's giving back to their community. And those who live in Sherwood already have everything, so he really wanted to re- work with Friends of Baseball because we're taking a direct line to the city a year. Nice, nice, man. I enjoyed you coming through and sharing your story with me. Just gonna recap what we got going on today. Today we talked about the Friends of Baseball and they're empowering the inner city youth through baseball. Got a little bit about your early journey in baseball, your passion for making the sport accessible to the inner city youth, and then we talked about your transition from player to coach. 
how can listeners get involved to support the Friends of Baseball? You can uh, go to friendsofbaseball.org, uh, and then there's a, a website we have. Also, we have events on that website that then you could register for league apps. And league apps, when you register for that, opens you up to all the up-and-coming events that we hold. We do community center work. We do after-school program, summer camp, as well as we're doing like a Halloween thing, as well as a holiday, before we go on holidays, giveaway to help the Jefferson Food Pantry. So we're accumulating donations for the Jefferson Food Pantry before the winter break. Nice. Nice. I want to encourage our listeners to explore their passions, embrace innovation, and pursue entrepreneurship in your own unique way. Thanks for joining us. Explore the power of networking and find inspiration by following me at Thorn City Podcast Guy for updates, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and to join the conversation today. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes of Thorn City's Syndicate Spotlight Show as we continue to highlight individuals, businesses, brands, and podcasters. Don't forget to subscribe at the Thorn City Podcast Guy YouTube channel. Follow at Thorn City Syndicate, the management company, at GMP Podcast Group, the production company as well. And be sure to stop by www.thorncitysyndicate.com. Schedule your free strategy session. I'm the Thorn City Podcast Guy. Holla at your boy. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, yes, sir. What man? What power? I appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show, where we network and build connections, interviews, and discussions. Until next time, I like your boy, Thorn City Podcast Guy. I'm out. You remind me of a man.